0: Hello again. This is Kristen Wombeck with Intentional Now Podcast. You are so welcome. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Oh, it's been a busy Thursday. What about you? (laughs) I know. It's amazing how fast a week goes, huh? I met a new friend (laughs) online. I met a new friend um, via my. My credentialing course that I'm taking for coaching um, in one of my training sessions. I met a new friend, and then their international friend. It was so much fun. So I say hello to him here so he can hear me. Isn't that fun? Yes, I love it. So the sun is beginning to set, autumn is starting to creep in and change um, the air temperature i think i've worn a sweater most of the week but then again when you're sitting at a desk you're kind of cool right <laughs> again how are you doing
1: hmm?
0: Yep. Yeah. well you are going to be encouraged today you're going to be encouraged you're going to be stretched I'm going to be stretched. Um, We are reading the backside today of In Heavenly Places and going into Vulnerable for Focus, which is chapter 8, almost to the halfway mark of the
1: unfinished book.
0: Oh, I so appreciate those of you that are picking up the unfinished book and reading along with me as we're talking, kind of between the lines. It is so much fun to know that you are following with me. I really appreciate that. The unfinished book is, of course, available on Amazon. It's available at Barnes & Noble. And if you so choose, you can buy it personally from me at KristenWalmbach.com. And another little infomercial here, make sure that you hit that follow sign on the podcast. That way you will get an email the minute I publish a new episode. Thank you again for your comments. I really appreciate your interaction. It means so much to me. Now, today, yes, we're going to be talking about vulnerability. And Yes, we're going to be talking about the challenges or the head game of that I experienced writing the book, and now here I am almost to the center of it, and I'm going to deal with some things in the area of procrastination, and yeah, you don't ever struggle with procrastination, do you? Hmm. I thought so. (laughs) So you're going to want to keep your headphones on and you're going to want to listen. Mm -hmm. Now remember, I am talking about heaven. So just relax. Let your imagination engage today, especially because I am going to take you on a journey into heaven. It's a real place. I'm going to be talking about a heavenly library and then going on the inside into an inner library. And then I'm going to talk about some miraculous things that occurred from that encounter. Okay, so it is going to be, uh, it's very personal to me. And it's very living because it continues to minister to my heart, and it's a place that Jesus takes me often to encourage me so get ready to stretch your faith and believe invite jesus to come sit next to you um if you're sitting on the couch listening maybe you're vacuuming the house well he can just join you in there maybe you're driving in the car invite him in the passenger seat right and just watch his face watch his expressions And pay attention to what you're feeling and the questions that you're asking as I talk through um, the end of In Heavenly Places and the beginning of Vulnerable Focus in the Unfinished book. Are you ready? Shake your head. (laughs) I really do see you shaking. Yes, Kristen, we're ready. Okay, Well, I just want to say hello to my international friends, France and Ireland and Australia. Isn't that fun? And then Colombia. We have some in Africa. And of course, my U.S. partners. Isn't that exciting? I love it. It's so much fun. So we're ready, right? Let's get started. Okay. So if you actually have the book. And this applies to the, um, the paperback, obviously, because, um, a Kindle book, they have a lot more pages, right? When you have a Kindle book, yeah, an ebook, they just, the pages are much more. So on, in the, um, the paperback book, and it should be the same for the hardback. I am going to start on page 92. Now, I ask you for a favor to bear with me because I am going to do some reading, stopping and reading, because this is really important that I set up the details of the miracle that happened. Okay? I just, it needs to be set up. So that's why I'm going to take the time to read to you. Okay? A Heavenly Library. A few years back, I was taken in the spirit to a vast, elegant library in heaven. The library has continued to be a place of growing intimacy in my relationship with the Godhead. Today, I enter in there because Father has set a table of communion. We eat together. I share it in the spirit also with the people who I hold in my heart. There are many libraries in heaven, many creative, unusual ways for mystical papers, books, and scrolls and DNA to be recorded and stored for his kids to gain information sealed within it. Yep. And that it, everything that we experience, all the ages from the beginning of the Alpha to the end to the Omega, everything is recorded in heaven and it is fascinating okay it is part of our journey the library's beautiful a high ceiling pillars ornate wood moldings and bookshelves of similar similar in timber and stain a mix of walnut and cherry an authentic victorian feel (laughs) not gaudy at all in the spirit of getting bearings the room, front, has a massive alcove of windows. Sitting just inside the bay is a beautiful grand piano, also built with the same wood as the rest of the chamber. The piano is also a library of vibration. Like public places, there are exits and entries to encounter on three walls. A central door leads to a more library rooms. Yep, You go from one door into another door into different hallways. So Jesus first led me into this particular library on the eve of a new year. I was seeking the Lord for insight and direction. Seated in the center at a large round table conveniently placed around the room, just like a university library. There is a retrieving place to set the books you have taken off the shelf and a chair to sit and study the encounter. This particular morning, Jesus took me into this room and pulled from the shelves a cookie tin that was familiar to me. Well, it was just like a cookie tin that I put Christmas cookies in every year. Inside the tin was a handwritten note saying, New Era. I also was escorted into the same library room the following year. The word written was container ship. Together, we're learning something about the significance of the library. It has recorded information about doors into the future eras. I'll pause there. If you're interested, I've made available the messages during this period. If you would like to listen in on some of the ways the Lord unpacked those words, you'll find the link on the book website or go to the podcast on Podomatic and see Northwest Bliss. Okay. But you can find it um, on my website if you go into um, the unfinished book. So hit the home tab, then it pops down, has unfinished book. You hit that and then it shows you chapters. Okay, so all of this information is there with easy links for you to find. We're continuing. My pathway to this part of the library has been walked with the Lord a few times. I felt confident that I could begin to explore more of the vast realm, room after room after room. This particular morning, in my quiet time, I walked out into the adjoining corridor, which led to a landing. I discovered I was on the middle floor, finding stairs both up and down and other massive rooms on the same level. Angels were actively scurrying in and out from the different library rooms. Some places had open doors with ample thresholds. Other doors, the entry was closed. An interesting note about being in the spirit. The kingdom of heaven inside of you gives you a tracking system allowing you to know where you are, where to go, and where you are not to go at the same time. At any given encounter so it's like your spirit knows where is being led when you're in heaven and there's times where um, your spirit just knows you're not to go through this passageway you're not to go open this door because you're not mature enough yet it's not where you were supposed to go and you know because we love the Lord so much I mean I never think about going through a doorway That I didn't, I wasn't invited or didn't have permission. Okay. So today highlighted in my spirit was a room one floor up. I could see the tall, slim door slightly ajar and a bright green hue was radiating from within its secrets. Heaven also appoints unusual vehicles of transportation. Walking is more hmm, meditative. I'm still standing on the landing, having been mesmerized by the heavenly activity. Sometimes your emotions through your soul feel the overwhelming extravagance, meticulousness, and thoughtfulness of the preparation of your divine parent. (laughs) And it may take you a few quiet time days to continue your discovery. So that is very true. Something opens up to you in heaven, and you continue to return there till you've discovered everything that the Lord wants you to discover. It's quite fascinating. So that's what we would call divine soaking, right? Let heaven wash over you while resting. Jesus, it is easy to communicate with Jesus. He enters from across the hall. He smiles with the sheepish foreknowledge of our adventure ahead. He automatically just transforms right there in front of me into a glorious and regal lion. It's not the first time I've encountered him this way but every time I am moved by his authority and his roar. My hands naturally reach out to his kingly mane, feeling the texture of it, groomed, yet it's in like a dread-like fashion. Mane ropes, how convenient, as I grab hold and he lifts me onto his back. Both hands are woven, hanging onto this woven hug, all the way around his neck, and my face is buried in a main pillow of the lion of the tribe of Judah. My eyes are closed, and I'm feeling the rock and the sway and the cadence of a lion's gate. No need to look ahead. I know where we are going. Up the flight of stairs, down the hall to the room where the door is standing ajar. I'm soaking in the rhythm of my victorious king, devouring the memory of oneness. Salam. Let's just take a minute to think about writing on the back of the lion of the tribe of Judah. It's
1: amazing.
0: It's totally amazing. And some of you are already there, right? That's simply what your imagination ushers into you, okay? You can feel him, you can feel Jesus, and you can just step into the encounter because it is very much alive. Okay, moving on. In nano moments, I find myself through the door, standing and Jesus, my friend, now looking like a man. He is watching me scour the room. I see two and a half of the walls filled with floor-to-ceiling bookcases, a woman's wing-back chair with floral needlepoint coverings, set next to a Victorian-height corner window. The window curtains are cascading onto the bookshelf wall, loose-growing vines with small trumpet-like white flowers reaching as living wallpaper. I smell a familiar fragrance of mock orange, Trellising vines attached to a leaded glass pane window, floor to ceiling. Light, light, and ooh, cosier sunlight. Jesus is delighted with my pleasure of the room. An internal library, with shelves filled with array of works, yet one or two shined, hidden above the rest. My spirit is drawn blindly to it, nestled among the shelves inside the designed about Kristen room. Yeah, because it looked like me. It just this is exactly what I would have an inter interlibrary look by, look like. So I nestled amongst the shelves inside this designed room just like me. Being that close to your work of destiny is very transforming. I lingered without words for a spiritual eternity. I paused. His attention to unique detail unwinds my negative internal threads. Breathe in. Breathe out. Emotions of freedom. Bathe me with his reassurance. And Jesus says, This is how I see you. Divine truth And vulnerability. For many reasons, I didn't inquire which book it was. Over to the Vulnerable Focus Chapter 8. Vulnerability has ability knitted within her. Vulnerable. You're so close. Just a simple question away on the shelf of a heavenly inner library is my book, is this book. Why didn't I ask to see it? Where does courage run in a room full of peace? And what are the reasons I didn't inquire which book it was? Fear. What are you going to do with yourself when you actually encounter you and who you are? gonna do there aren't any more excuses at hand if I pull the book off of the shelf then I'm committed to the contents unbelief has snuck into a hiding place wedged in my mountain of dreams the kingdom world engaged becoming a reality and I'm real I'm real in the story Jesus is alive and acquiring after my heart Jesus always is inquiring after our hearts. And somewhere on this journey of life, I cut and I pasted a false heart as a shield of protection. A face with a smile, a mask called suck it up, be tough, overcome, a blackboard on which I erase grade point average. If I look with the eyes that want to see, will I change the words that don't describe me? I think I'm going to read that again. If I look with eyes that want to see, will I change the words that don't describe me? (laughs) Vulnerable focus. In all my attempts to write a book, First, a lady in waiting, getting permission, earth invading heaven, the watchmaker. I altered my confession, but I didn't change my decisions. Just around the bend from my halfway marker and self-motivational goals turning, I can honestly say I've been a flake to myself. Yeah, you heard me. I can honestly say I have been a flake to myself. I haven't believed his words to the degree of allowing transformation to transform. My schedule was the same, though writing was at the top of my list. Yet days and weeks and months passed, and I made other choices.
1: Hmm.
0: Hello, writers. Are you listening? <laughs> I made other choices. It's like you take that to-do list and you have Write a half a chapter today, and it's at the very top, and you do everything else. But, hmm, okay, I'm learning to guard my day. Currently, the day is not a day without accomplishing a thousand words. The gift of writing is a priority myself has chosen to take a backseat to the offering of destiny. Yes, All of it is like exercise and changing your eating habits. Oh, no, this isn't a wellness book, is it? (laughs) At some point, I had to invest in me, and that investment is there for the long haul. What I say I'm going to do, I do. All right, shall I read that again? What I say I'm going to do, I do. Let my yes be yes and my no no. I am indeed inside an internal library. I ask myself the question, did I ride on the back of the lion of the tribe of Judah, or did he come to escort me to feel the rhythm of his kingship? Adam and Eve, once naked and unashamed, were clothed by a merciful father. I assumed from the text for protection from the elements in the different environment. A transforming thought. What if the covering was to protect them from his holiness? Still a very caring father. I'm digging around in me having a deep look inside of Kristen. Returning to the heavenly scene inside the inner library. So I'm sitting on the quaint woman's chair, surrounded by a perfect environment that speaks my language. I'm questioning. As much pressing in, encountering, digging, touching, and feeling in the kingdom, what I have on my time card? A face-to-face, squarely believing what eternity says about me. I was frozen. Yep. I was frozen. I stayed in a room of perfection. God's will? Timing? Mm, Maybe I didn't want it bad enough. Mm, So many questions. Or if I look at it from today, this writing journey, invested time, dedication, and work, some 30,000 words plus mean more to me than when I first encountered the room. Boy, we are touching some emotional DNA right now. (sighs) Breathe in, breathe out. Yeah. (laughs) Come on, writers. You can do this. And you entrepreneurs, I'm talking to you. You can do this. Let's listen, okay? When looking at the signpost of procrastination, It doesn't quite look like disobedience or rebellion, does it? Nah, it's a little safer. (laughs) Procrastination. Those words which make me cringe, you know, disobedience and rebellion, that's like putting tarot cards on the table. I'd never knowingly have anything to do with them. The truth of my heart was still miles away from the sincerity of transformation. I am becoming a writer. I'm challenging weakness of poor grammar and spelling like they were the Philistines defying the armies of the Lord. Hardly life-threatening unless it's supposed to be your life source. Help me for a moment. Do you remember when I was describing the unique Valentine heart collage items in the first chapter? Did I also tell you about the little tiny gold snuff box? Oh, I think so. It was a gift from Mel Kessedeck, and I placed the small trinket to the right of my computer, positioned to correspond divinely. <laughs> I googled tiny gold snuff boxes and cut and paste and printed the photo closest to what was in my spirit. I covered it with saran wrap, backed it, and taped it to my desk. Also, I shared how I encountered the hand of God holding my hand, and together we dipped a pen into it, right? (laughs) Those are all in the first chapters. I described them. Then we have the ifs. If I had never taken the vulnerable journey, would I have missed a a moment like Moses and his staff? It is just a tiny gold inkwell I saw in the spirit of things. What flesh, or parentheses, red sea, would have never parted, creating a pathway made only by the hand of God. A hard-won life source was separating us from our enemies and the mindsets of bondage. Every lie that slithered like snake consumed by the right hand of the Lord, overshadowing mine. The learning of using a supply source that is purely mystical and unseen. These words penned, ink to page, the victory results, Goliath's weapon in my tent, miniature inkwell, an extraordinary gift given from the King of Salem, in a room where moth and rust will never enter. <laughs> okay, we are getting to a tipping point. The first half of the book for the second half of the book. And it's gonna get better. Are you ready? <laughs> Trade Kristen. I'm talking to me. Trade the doubt and unbelief for belief. I noticed just moments before, hidden in the front pocket of my spiritual jeans, that snuff box inside my pocket, muslin lining, is a bunch resting in the bend of my thigh. I retrieved it like a kid pulling marbles from their pocket. Again, how do you know these things in the spirit? I give Jesus the tiny po- box, and simultaneously... From way up high on that bookshelf, a book mysteriously slips forward. Who pulled it forward? But a divine reflex. A booby-trapped secret in heaven. (laughs) Give and receive. Moment of truth. Pause. I'll breathe. (laughs) Another door to pass through. I reached up and I finally grabbed my book. The room shifted by a secret latch of taking it off the shelf. A weight tripped. The book, medium-sized, distressed brown leather, was a buckle and small gold lock. A wrought iron spiritual staircase appeared just next to Jesus, leading upwards through the glass-pained ceiling. I tucked the book like an experience in explorer in the back waist of my pants. Pulling my white shirt over the top and made my way to ascend the staircase. Jesus is my point man. Round and round we climbed like stairs rung of DNA, rising as the room faded beneath. I effortly passed through the glass light. I squeezed past Jesus, his bare feet dangling down from sitting on the spiritual ceiling. Standing on the last rung of that spiral staircase, I popped my head above into this realm, and it reminds me of a seal bobbing on the ocean, checking out the sea topside. Oh, such a daft moment. Jesus is seated. He reveals the ceiling top side is a huge clock face. His feet were still dangling inside the inner library. Did you understand that picture? So we were in an inner library. And remember, I was afraid to pull um, my book, this book, off of the bookshelf. Because then I was going to have a come to Kristen moment, right? Because once I pull it off and I see it's evidence, there's no turning back, right? And so I was wrestling with procrastination. So I'm in this inner library. And when, when the book miraculously moves out on the shelf and I grab it that creates a domino effect and all of a sudden this staircase this spiral wrought iron staircase appears going all the way up into the ceiling so Jesus automatically ascends and goes up and I follow and I've stuck that my book in the back waist of my jeans Can you picture it a little bit better now? Okay. So, and remember, I go up and I pop my head in, in this top of the ceiling, and Jesus is sitting there. His feet are dangling down. It's so easy for me to describe because it's just living, and he's sitting on the face of a clock with his feet dangling down into the inner library. So I wrote this quote, right? Right. The epitome of the saying, one person's ceiling is another person's floor. Obviously, right? I lift myself up from the last rung. I have a seat on the face of time. Jesus says, let me see your book. So I pull it out of its traveling state. I hand him the small journal-sized manual And I wait. I'm on pins and needles. And of course, he is the key. And the lock snaps open in obedience of its holder. Jesus opens the book to what my spirit knows as page 93. He turns the book into my view and he points to a particular line for me to read. He hands me my book and I look and I see July 17th. 2070 completed 071717 written in red okay we need another solal moment and did you catch the part the page 93 how did my spirit know that but he opened it up and there it was page 93 and so i wrote it down and it's in the book And there it is. Okay. Now I'm going to go off the cuff here. (laughs) Yes, I'm finished reading. Are you ready? (laughs) I love the unseen. I love what we might call the unbelievable because it happens and you believe. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing. So I had finished um, my manuscript. It had gone back and forth to my editor and a couple of friends also that were secondary editors and and assisting me with getting it ready for print. And so I had taken it down. I had hired a local print shop to help me set it up and and kern and squish and make sure that the text remained on the right page and that it looked good and presented itself well and that was easy for a reader to read and consume. So that summer day, I had the print. It was on, you know, regular you know, 11 by what, 11 by eight and a half um, paper. And he had printed the final manuscript, my copy. He printed it for me. And it was the last time that we were going to go all the way through and have a look-see. And, you know, just to make sure that we got every dot, every T crossed, every period. It's a tremendous amount of work, Right. And so this was the first time my husband read the unfinished book. So it's pretty min- miraculous at this point. And it was um, it was a hot summer day. And I was uh, sitting out in our lovely backyard with big, huge um, 50-foot red oak giving us plenty of shade and I've got my gorgeous hanging, you know, flower pots and I just love our backyard in the summertime and so I'm laying there in the hammock and I've got all these huge pillows propped up behind me so that I can actually work and I have a glass glass of wine there and I have my iPad there and I'm working and I'm reading through the very last copy of the manuscript before I take the PDF file and I begin to send it out to um, like Amazon and to Ingham spark. And they're the ones who actually are the third parties that actually print it and send it to the other stores. And I'm sitting there and I'm reading and I'm going from page to page and I have a highlighter in my hand. And as I'm reading, I get to this exact text that I just read with you today. I lift myself up and I have a seat on the face of time. Jesus says, let me see your book. So I pull it out of its traveling state. I handed him the small journal size manual and I wait on pins and needles. And of course, he is the key and it unlocks the snap and opens in obedience to its holder. Jesus opens the book to what my spirit knows as page 93. So I'm sitting here in my hammock and I get to that exact text and I look on the printed copy and it is indeed page
1: 93.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, and I'm weeping and bawling and snotting at this time because Here, I've written the book and I've written believing him, and then moving. When you're writing, you just it's like I'm encountering it, so I'm writing it down. So when I share with you that it is alive, it was alive, and I ran into it. I was seated on the face of time and I ran into that time frame, and it was indeed on page 93 hence the name of my next well one of my next projects page 93 you can find that on my website and it was just amazing and it was miraculous and it was so affirming to my time my encounters with him it's it just like cranked up my believability it really did <laughs> Now I took that in and another little miracle on top of that. I took in the manuscript and to the to the printers and they were hmm not connected to God, you could say. And I showed them what they had printed. How many times so we had here we go. let me put it into uh, perspective. So you write a manuscript, they take out about 10,000 words, and then you add about 12,000 words back in. You squish it and you move it and you put periods here and parentheses here. So this text has been squished and moved from my computer to their computer to my editor's computer and back. Can you imagine how many shapes that text has taken. And so I carry in this final printed manuscript to my printer and his assistant, and I show him that it was indeed on page 93. They were touched in the best kind of way. You know, divinely, (laughs) it was marvelous. They just couldn't imagine how that could happen. Well, I can. I live there. (laughs) So anyhow, with everything that we tried to do, I wanted it to remain on page 93. But what we hadn't considered is the blank pages that are on the left side, every time you start a chapter, you usually have a blank, you know, back side of a page there. So there was no way that we could squish it and book, put the book, that's what's called when you book it. There was no way we could squish it to remain. So currently it is on page 98. But I took that exact page. And I took a picture of it, and I actually gave that as a gift to one of my very dear friends. And he has a framed copy, actually the only copy, of that miraculous page that came to pass in time. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Okay. Well, that was a pretty, pretty long story, wasn't it? So... You have any questions? While you're thinking and proposing your questions, I'm going to ask you again to make sure that you follow the podcast. You're more than welcome. I invite your comments and questions. Um, Make sure that you pop over on Instagram. You can find me there at K1Back59. Also, I encourage you to find me on my website. Yep, it's my name, pretty easy, Kristenwombeck.com. There are so many resources there for you to find. And also, for those of you that are reading the book, you will find um, a blog post for every chapter with pictures so you get all the visual goodies and my journal notes. Ah, oh, it's so wonderful. Yes. And also, this is my other little reminder. So last week I shared with you that I was doing a two, a free two-day challenge, a coaching challenge, and that is October 15th and 16th. And it's around the subject matter of better health better me so if you jump on to the website you can find that particular post and you can go and you can register and I want to share with you what does better health better you look like it's not a diet plan it's not an exercise plan it's about taking care of you and you know, we read and we talked about procrastination today and some of the struggles that it took me 20 years to get this book done. So, this would be really helpful for you. I invite you to sign up and register for this challenge. You will be blessed. I will share with you some really exciting tools that will set you free, encourage you. Yes, yes. Okay. So I look forward to seeing your email come through that you signed up. All right. Great. Remember, Better Health, Better Me, free two-day challenge. Okay. It's time for your questions. We're getting a little long-winded, but it is so good. Okay, a question. Let me just think about that for just a minute, okay? Okay, so this is what I heard. I heard a question about engaging your imagination, about... Allowing Jesus to use your imagination so that he can speak to you and you can perceive, meaning touch, taste, feel, perceive the kingdom of heaven. So remember all through the unfinished book we're on the other side of the veil. Jesus rent the veil by his sacrifice, right? So it's open and it's available. So when You invite Jesus in and into your heart. Um, He comes inside of you, right? The kingdom of heaven is within, right? So there's a door. There's a door to your first love gate. It's, It's in that really special place in your spirit. And this is where he abides inside of you. He talks to you, you feel him there, he'll inspire um, and highlight the Bible when you're reading the Bible. You could be listening to a song and it moves you. Um, you could run into signposts and number numbers and you know all those repetitious things that are leading you that God is speaking to you. So what he does in this Season with you is he lives in you. And then because you're here, he's invited you into his kingdom. So from the inside of you, inside that gate of first love, if you were to follow that same door, remember Jesus stands at the door and knocks if any man hears his voice and opens the door? Well, you open the door and let him in. That same door goes somewhere. So if you went out the door, outside the kingdom of heaven that is within you, and followed Jesus up the river of life, right? Up the river of life into the kingdom of heaven, and all the dominions and domains of heaven. There's more than one, and there's more than three. <laughs> then you begin to learn and experience heaven. So I'm going to give a little activation for you and your imagination. Okay. Imagine with me, please, that there is a red box about the size of your hand and it's, a red box and it has a loose uh, a lid on top of the red box just like a oh a gift box um, bigger than a jewelry box because it's about the size of your hand and it's sitting to the left side of you so if you were driving a car um, you could imagine that it was sitting you know To the left of your steering wheel on the dashboard, unless you're in the UK, then it would be, um, it would still be on the left side, right? (laughs) So just wherever you are, imagine a spot on your left where this, yes, it's imaginary in your mind's eye, this red box is located, right? Just imagine it like. A kid, if you told a little kid a story, they would imagine it and see the pictures in their minds. It's the same thing. And remember, Jesus leads you into all truth, right? All truth. So I encourage you now, you have a red box next to you that has miraculously appeared in your mind's eye, in your spirit, right? Now I encourage you to take off the lid and then tell me or tell yourself what's inside. Huh? Okay. What is inside? What is inside of your red box? And this is the point in which you believe what Jesus showed you. It is no different than me going into the inner library and climbing up a spiral staircase and sitting on the face of time with Jesus and opening a book that is in heaven and actually reading the book and knowing it's page 93 and then it transpires. What, seven months later? Five months later? And it actually happens. It's, it's no different. It's the same muscle of faith. So what's in your box? Huh? Maybe some of your box is empty, but look inside. It's not really empty. I would suggest that some of the boxes had writings and words written on the inside of the box. So you'd ask me, Kristen, how do you read something that's in the spirit? Well, when you're learning, you take it up so you would pick up this box and and whatever it is. If there was an apple in the box, a set of keys in the box, um, maybe there's money in the box, a gold coin in the box. I don't know what is in your box. But if you pick up your box and just pick it up and now put it in your heart. What does it feel like? What does it tell you? Are you encouraged? <laughs> Do you feel the presence of God? Is your spirit stirred? Are your emotions being touched? Can you sense it in your body? Does your heart feel lighter? Pay attention to that. Just believe God. Simple, easy, easy. Believe God and what he showed you. Okay? And that is how you practice the muscle of faith or seeing and hearing in the spirit. You simply believe what he shows you. And then taking it to the next level, then you write it down in a journal. And then you begin to ask him questions about it. What are you telling me, Lord? What does this signify? And ask him questions and he'll tell you. Do you feel it? Does it feel healing? What you put in your heart does it feel healing? I? Yep. Yeah. If it feels healing, then take that healing feeling and like direct it to an area in your body that needs healing. Just push it right through, push it to that area and just be patient and believe mm-hmm. and feel that healing. Move it with your hand like, oh, you know how you drag a magnet on top of a piece of paper and a piece of metal can slide underneath it. It's the same thing is you're moving that healing. Okay, I'll use the word energy <laughs> is his being, you're moving it to the place that he wants to touch. You want him to touch. So allow him to touch you there, right? Oh, right. That is a really, okay, just a minute. I'm thinking here. That is a really good thing to happen now. I just want to invite you. To just wait and be patient right here in this moment with that red box inside of you or what was in the red box, maybe sitting on your back or for your feet or your knees, wherever that you moved that, what was contained in the red box, if it was a piece of fruit. eat to have communion with it, but I just want to hold your attention real quietly and peaceably in that spot. I don't want you to rush away from it. I want you to feel your Lord, your Jesus touching you. It is good. So I'm holding this out so that you don't rush, okay? I felt like, oh, I should sing something. But what am I singing? What am I going to sing? Okay. <laughs> I love you, Lord.
1: And I lift my voice. <laughs> Just stay right there. To worship you, oh, my So rejoice, Mm -hmm. take joy my King, in what you hear, let it be a sweet, sweet sound. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. (laughs) Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. (sighs) Oh, it's good. I just put a blessing on my
0: voice because sometimes it gets tweaked. From a uh, voice to music, right? So bless it, just bless it. Thank you, Keith. Uh, no, it wasn't Keith Green that wrote that. I don't remember her name. I bless you. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Yes, I am so blessed to be able to experience this with you. This is what I call church. <laughs> You hang on to it. And remember, it's alive. Pick it up tomorrow and go right back into it. Talk to Jesus about it. (laughs) Walk on the other side of the door. Go out into the kingdom of heaven. And make sure you pick up my book because it will help you. It's my journey. And I already left breadcrumbs for you so you can find your way. And Jesus is going to show you so much more. I love you. You'd be blessed. You have an absolutely wonderful rest of your day, a phenomenal weekend, and I will talk to you again next week. Okay. Love you. Bye.